yes, rituals are fabulous and beautiful, but I caution women who are perfectionists and overachievers at some level to not feel like they have to do it just some way or someone else's way. Hello, Radically Loved One. I am so excited to announce a couple of fun events that are happening next year because I am excited for 2019 to be <laughs> to be done. So looking forward to 2020, we have two big retreats coming up next year. The first one is in Scotland and that's in May. I'm excited because Tori is actually gonna help me facilitate that one and it is finding your life's purpose. So if you've ever been curious about discovering what your dharma is, what your purpose is, or you're just looking for a different career change or you're wanting to figure out what your highest purpose is, this retreat is for you. We spent a week in this beautiful estate. The Dunsky Castle is close by and we get an opportunity to just sit in circle and talk about the different things that create your specific medicine and purpose. And the next retreat we're doing is next summer and it's with international yoga. It's the art of intention. It's a yoga and meditation retreat and it's the first time I'm doing a retreat in Hawaii. We're going to Hana and you can get more information by going to internationalyoga.com. If you register before the end of November, you can still qualify to get $400 off. This will be the third time I'm doing this particular theme. It's been two years since I've done an Art of Intention retreat, and I know that we're gonna get a really incredible group of people gathered to set a powerful intention, to get really clear and realign with what it is that you wanna achieve in life. So two big retreats next year, two different opportunities to get together and to actually be able to work closely and have a really incredible transformative experience. And if you can't join in person, there will be several opportunities to work with me online. Just sign up for my newsletter so you can be the first to know to register for a couple of online offerings that we have rolling out here in the next couple months. Thanks for listening. Uh, Christy, thank you so much for joining us. We are so lucky to have you on. I'm so excited to chat with you. I'm glad that we're finally getting able to speak. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Rosie. And I'm glad that we persisted. And now we're here today. Look at that. that right? This is the power. We are tenacious. That says a lot. Yeah. That says a lot about <laughs> us, I think. I do too. We and don't I think give up. Sometimes I have to be like, I'm not pushing the universe. I just need to know that when it's ready, it will happen and it'll be even better. <laughs> I, love <laughs> I love to control everything. <laughs> it's like, dear universe, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I'm just saying kind of, yeah, get it together. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, one of the things that I admire, one of the things, because there are many that I admire about you and all the work that you do is the deep feeling of confidence and empowerment that I feel when you speak and the work that you put out in the world, I feel like it's something so powerful and something great to look up to, especially where we are now in this age of uh, enlightenment and female empowerment. So I'm so excited to talk to you about that and to just talk to you about your journey or what's been your experience in stepping into your power in this 
really incredible way to inspire women all over the world. Yeah, well, that's very, very generous. My mom's going to be like, who are you talking about, Rosie? (laughs) Um, But no, my mom is actually my biggest uh, fan and cheerleader. But it's it's interesting that you asked that about like stepping into because I just finished Michelle Obama's book. Becoming, yes. She ends the book about the title of the book, which is Becoming. And my takeaway, I never paraphrase her well because I listened to it. So it's my memory of what she said. But my memory of what she said was sort of like goals are important, but the goal, as my mom would say, you know, enjoy the journey. It's not about the destination. And so the becoming really resonated with me just now, as you said, stepping into, because I would have been like, I'm not, I didn't, I'm not there yet. But if I really think about it, it's all part of that journey. And um, my mission in life is definitely to as I was sharing earlier with you, one of my affirmation daily statements is to be a global citizen. And and part of that means that I ignore a lot of what's going on because it brings my energy down. <laughs> but the good part of it means that I aim to give voice when others don't feel they can use their voice. And I feel very passionate about doing that. And maybe that helps me a little bit because it's not so much about me, but it's about me either uniting with someone else, championing somebody else, speaking out for someone else. Yeah, so those sorts of things. So I would say I'm stepping into or I'm just continuing to walk along, but I'm not quite maybe wherever there is yet. Oh, I love that so much. I love that that's your your the beginning, the intro to your day because it's it's a very optimistic look, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when and, I, I, and I really added the global part because I travel all the time, yes. but in my mind, I'm not very worldly and I only speak <laughs> one language, which really bothers me. And I'm really working on just that one still. And so it's like, you know, I've been 25 almost twice now and I'm still working on English. And then I go out in the world and I go, oh my gosh, these people know many languages. And then I'm humbled by it. And I'm also excited so that I put the global back in there to say, I am a global citizen. I might be monolingual, but you know, I'm working on it. I'm getting there. Well, and so in doing that, obviously you have type of ritual and routines that you do. This is one of the things that I talk about all the time, how important it is for us to be able to establish routines and rituals that continue to enable our spiritual growth and our emotional well-being. So have you found that to be true for you? And how did that play a role into creating this level of groundedness within you? Yeah. So one of my um, sawiras, that's a word that I learned from Terai Trent. It's like a best girlfriend, like in the US, we would say my BFF, but in Zimbabwe, (laughs) we would say my sawira. One of my sawiras talked about having these daily rituals. And and of course, Terai talks about them a lot as well. And but, But before I tell you about my daily ritual, the caution from my sawira was, don't let it be something that causes you to feel like you're not enough. So you might set or aim to set a daily ritual and then you stumble or it doesn't work for you or you're traveling. So you're off balance for a bit and then you beat yourself up and you're like, see, I couldn't stay with it. See, everybody else can do meditation. I can't see everybody else is doing it. and I can't even make a visualization board. Screw it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I appreciated the way she said it. Like, don't put it on your to-do list as one more thing you should do. 
really find a way to see it as something that is inspiring and it's your own. And you know, when I first started meditating, my friend said, Oh, I do it in my closet. And I'm like, huh. I think I'm going to try it in my closet. I don't know what I thought if I did it in a room, like I had to have an altar and a Buddha. And what if my husband saw me? I'd feel funny. But when she said I could meditate in my closet, I'm like, I think I could do that. Maybe it sounds funny to other people, but then it was like, that was just what I needed to start my ritual. So it's maybe for me, it's like, don't worry about what everybody says their ritual is. Test them out, try it out. Like maybe you don't like the closet. Um, But it's this idea that it has to work for me and it has to be my own. So I, I have rituals. Um, maybe my most constant thing is I'm dedicated to being a lifelong learner. So I love having 10 books going. I love being multi-passionate. I love doing what I feel like doing, even if it's just for five minutes. But I really, really, really work on the negative chatter in my head and stopping that um, I'm old. So that cassette tape that says I'm not enough or I'm not doing it right or I'm not doing it the right way. So that's that's my daily ritual is trying to change the cassette tape that's in my mind. And then I do that by some days meditating and some days writing affirmation statements and some days practicing my Spanish knowing that the more often I do those, maybe I'll actually become bilingual or calmer. Yeah. So I don't know if that, that's just my kind of, yes, rituals are fabulous and beautiful, but I caution women who are perfectionists and overachievers at some level to not feel like they have to do it just some way or someone else's way. Yeah. And I, and I really like that because it gives people an opportunity to really tailor their routine or ritual for themselves. A quick message from our sponsor. If you're looking for a nutrient system that truly embraces and complements the mind-body balance in a holistic, nurturing way, then wellness kits from Uveda are your natural answer. They're created with the help of naturopathic and Ayurvedic practitioners committed to the healing traditions mantra of purity and harmony. These top quality ingredients are hand-picked and refined in a way that preserve utmost quality and potency. Discover a wide range of formulas that deliver essential fatty acids, herbs, probiotic strains, and enzymes to help support your health and wellness needs. Whether you're looking for a natural detox support, a gentle digestive aid, soothing probiotics, or a formula dense in vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants, you can be assured you're getting only the best natural healing remedies for your body. Go to uveda.com, that's Y-O-U-V-E-D-A.com, and enter the promo code ROSIE, R-O-S-I-E, for a special discount on your first purchase. Yeah. And some days you're just like, it's different. When I'm traveling, I'm a different person. When I'm at home, I my husband's like, really, how do you get from point A to point B on your own? Like, I don't see it, Christy. You can't even get your own gas. I'm like, no, I can. I just don't want to. Yeah. That's a difference. There's right? a lot There's of a difference. Yeah. I can drive. I can get gas, but oh, while yeah. you're here, I'll just sit here. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the, that is such, it's so funny because when I'm traveling on my own, I yeah. can get, I get all my own stuff. I have to feed myself. I have to get my own tea. I have to do it. But when I'm home, I'm like, oh, honey, can you, can you make me some, or oh, honey, can you make me some breakfast or can you, will you make me some tea? Will you? Yeah. It's, 
Yeah. Hey, you know what? It's the perks of having a great partner, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. And I'm just like, so I just have to know that I am sometimes a really different person, you know, on stage or in front of people yeah. or back in my room or, you know, when I'm at my house. <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's great. Can you speak to that a little bit more? Because I feel like sometimes we we forget that we don't, we have to, we can wear different hats and be different people for different things. And I think that sometimes we we get hard on ourselves because we feel like we have to be this particular person all the time. I'll just give an example, like for me being a yogi or being a yoga teacher and teaching meditation that I have to be like this really put together, Zen, calm, grounded person. And I am, I am all of those things, but I'm also human and I get irritated and I'm impatient and I can get manic and I'm a perfectionist. So you know, and, and I, I always like to just say that to people because I'm a human. I, I'm not a, 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 an avatar of like <laughs> what people think I am. So how, what do you, how, what's your feeling on that? And do you feel that you, I mean, you just said that you did, you feel the same way you have to be like different things to different people. So. Yeah. So there's this, there's a balance for me. So I guess what I would always hold true is I try to be my authentic self. Mm. And I know that word gets used a lot, but what I mean like is I kind of act the way I act because that's who I am and I can't just tone it down or curb it because people want a different uh, ought self. So that ought self, O-U, ought self, um, that people think I ought to be quieter or I ought to be faster or I ought to be able to write better because I have an advanced degree. Or I start telling myself I ought to be a writer because that's what PhDs do. So I watch that a lot. So I want to say to people like, or I say to myself, I'm always being my true self, but I can look and act differently. But it's not like I'm acting fake or acting like somebody else when I'm not acting like this other person. That makes a little bit of sense. So it's like, I'm still trying to be who I am, but that there are different things that maybe needed to be called upon, or I am more open, or I'm more self-sufficient, but I'm still me. So that's that's kind of what I mean. Like when I step onto the stage, I'm still me. I'm going to still talk about beer because I like beer. And I'm not going to worry that people are going to be like, ooh, that's inappropriate. I mean, I'll watch it a little bit, but at some level, that's what's in my mind and that's what's in my heart and that's what I want to share. But I also want to remember that I'm a whole person. Kind of like you said, I'm not just this one persona that people see um, as being all put together or Zen-like or whatever. I want people to see that I struggle or that I worry about things or that I do have a negative uh, cassette tape playing in my head that I'm working on. So I like to be kind of an open book about it, not in a way that I'm apologizing for it. I have to watch that as well. Mm. Um, not to be like, I'm sorry, but you know, that's my new thing is what am I finding I'm saying my sorry for? Like, why do I open every email and say, sorry, I'm... Like, why do I start every email with, I'm sorry? Am I really sorry? And if I'm really sorry, then why am I ch not changing my behavior? So now I've told you eight things, Rosie, but... No, I, but that's good. You know what? Can you talk about this apologizing thing? Because I feel like this is something that we as women do yes. a lot. And it's something that I've been so aware of. And I know that it's a hot topic for a lot of people out there and women especially to always say, I'm sorry. So can you speak to that a little bit? 
It's just a bad habit. You know, I don't remember if it was Rachel Hollis, you know, because she's got mm-hmm. that book, Girl Stop Girl Apologizing. Stop apologizing you know? yeah. But um, it was somewhere and it was like, even if somebody runs over your heel in the grocery store, pretending I'm shopping because my husband does the shopping, but pretend I'm shopping and somebody runs over my heel in the grocery store, I'll say, oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry I was in your space. What, what am I sorry <laughs> for? You know? It's like, I don't even know what I'm sorry for, but it's such a bad habit. And I think that it immediately steals our power. I think it immediately, and I'm not saying we have to be rude, like, hey, lady, watch where you're going. Like, that's not what I mean either. We can be compassionate and we can look at the other person like, ah, it sucks, right? It's embarrassing when you trip over somebody or like, you're having one of those days too. You know, that's cool. Like connect with people is great. But to apologize, especially out of habit, just sort of diminishes our worth and diminishes what could have happened. So let me give you a quick example. I was presenting the other day here in Ohio. So I got to drive to, I live in Ohio and I was driving and I never get to drive. So I had these two hours to think and we were supposed to participate in the conference fully. So you're not only a presenter, but you are a participant, but I just couldn't. My schedule just didn't allow it. I was teaching an online class. We had a a sadness over the weekend. Our puppy, um, we had to put our dog uh, past. So all these things happened and I just couldn't do it. So for two hours, I knew I would walk into this conference and I would be publicly shamed because my name tag would be the last one to be picked up. And it was this like small venue and everybody Mm. would know. And I had a cute outfit on. So I was going to be noticed by people. This is all in my head. And I'm like, they're all going to know I wasn't here for the earlier in the day. And they're going to publicly shame me about why am I not participating? And so I'm like, Christy, when you walk in, don't be like, sorry, I'm late and, you know, own it and just say to them, you know, I have a lot going on. I'm here now. I'm ready to be fully engaged. I had this whole two-hour talk. And the minute I walked in, I said, hi, sorry, I'm late. I'm like, oh, for the love of God, Christy, you know, and the group, kudos to them. They did not publicly shame me. They were super generous and excited to see me, but I stole my own power. I stole my own welcome to them by saying, oh, sorry, I'm late. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally get that. And I, I love that you're speaking to it in that, in that very eloquent way. <laughs> because I'm like, I think we, I think everybody does it. I do it all the time as well, you know? So, yeah. So I think with regard to not giving our power away, what are the ways that you feel for yourself personally, the most empowered and what are some some ways that the women listening to this particular podcast can feel more empowered themselves? I think that when, well, okay, I'll start with, I don't think. I got to stop. That's my another habit. Whenever we say, I think, I think that also (laughs) diminishes what we're about to say. (laughs) Like, I know what I'm going to say and I know it to be true. And I'm going to say, oh, but I think. (laughs) Right. So now you've got me like lying on your couch here, Rosie, doing oh, all my, my therapy about like Perfect. what I need to work on. We love it. We um, all have things. So my friend Crystal would say, up until now, I've struggled with starting off my phrase with, I think, or up until now, I've struggled with giving away my power. And so mm. she uses that beautiful phrase of up until now, I've struggled, which gives you great hope that maybe next time it'll be different. Yes. 
So I would say becoming self-aware, self-awareness is part of emotional intelligence, is part of being a great leader, is part of empowerment, is a part of being um, this feminine energy that is, you know, really coming to a head across the globe is self-awareness. So Mm -hmm. I think that, see, so when we are self-aware, we start to then be able to change our actions. So become aware that I'm saying, I think, or I'm sorry, beautiful first step, and then take time to really practice until it can become your next new habit of how you say it. So for me, watching our words and how we talk to ourselves and talk Mm. about each other Mm. and talk to each other is the number one thing in our way of women really stepping into the power that they've had all along. It's those three things, how we talk to ourselves, how we talk about each other, and how we talk to each other. And if we can become more self-aware of those three conversations, then the power that is already ours will become much easier to, let's use your word, step into, Mm -hmm. wear it, claim it, use it, all those things. But I do think that we are not self-aware enough of those three conversations that are being had. We're very worried about how they're talking about us. Usually that's men. How are the people in power talking about me? How's my boss talking about me? How's media talking about me? And we keep sort of that blame game, but I feel that there is much more progress to be had and hope to be had if we become very intentional of how we talk to ourselves about each other and to each other, meaning women to women. Oh, hey guys. So everybody knows that skinny dipped almonds is now (laughs) one of my major food groups. Skinny dipped almonds are non-GMO verified and are wrapped in a thin layer of artisan dark chocolate and have 70% less sugar than yesterday's chocolate covered almonds they're really good. I mean, that's really all I'm going to say about it. I would always feel really guilty when I would eat an entire bag of uh, chocolate covered other things. And most of my friends are really excited anytime they see me because they know I'm going to bring them a bag of skinny dipped almonds. And I'm excited for all of you guys to try these awesome skinny dipped almonds. I'm actually, you know, it's really not difficult to talk about how much I love these because I really eat them all the time and now Tori's addicted to them. The dogs think they're doggy treats, but do not feed your dogs chocolate because it's really toxic for them. (laughs) I don't really know what else to say. These skinny dipped almonds are so fucking good. (laughs) If you want to try them, use our promo code to get 15% off your entire order. Use the code RADLOVE15. Go to skinnydippedalmonds.com or you can go to the info button on this particular podcast go to the link, click the link, fill up your cart with almonds that are skinny dipped in chocolate. They have so many different flavors, dark chocolate raspberry, dark chocolate espresso. I'm not a coffee person, but they're actually really good. The ones I'm eating right now are the dark chocolate cocoa. The best ones are the peanut butter ones, but I feel like I already told you guys about the peanut butter ones. I just love them so much. If you happen to try them, tag me on Instagram and I'll send you a special gift. 
Don't forget to use the code RADLOVE15, R-A-D-L-O-V-E-1-5 for your discount. So now we can go back to our show. Yeah, I, wow. I mean, you said so many, so many powerful things. And I think that all of it is so important for us to feel those feelings more consistently because it's not just like a one thing. I think it's, it's a whole life, not even a lifestyle change, but it's changing that consistent track in your mind of how you are talking to yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. just having more of that awareness for you, like being able to step into a room in front of hundreds of people and give a talk or to, you know, be a powerful leader for you, was it, did you always have that, that sense of, of empowerment or that, that sense of freedom where you can speak your mind and be able to share important information or was it a process for you to get to that place? Maybe a little bit of a mixture. I've always been talkative. I'm I'm a middle child and (laughs) I feel very comfortable there. I think middle children tend to because they have this protection from the older and this protection shield from the behind them. It's just kind of this little place. Uh, And we're also kind of the mediators often, just kind of stereotypical about middle children in terms of trying to bring harmony. So I'm kind of a people person. My dark side of that is a people pleaser. So I have to watch that very, very carefully that my motivation is to connect, but it can very easily slip into being a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. It, it can also, I can talk a lot, but I can also, the dark side of that is not do deep listening. So there's always the light and the dark that I struggle with. And that's where that both and from Parker Palmer comes. It's so I'm comfortable, but I also have to realize that I didn't until late in my life that when I am on stage, I have a lot of power. I didn't see it as a powerful position, but I'm the one that gets to decide what we're talking about, who gets to talk, in what order we talk in, if you get to talk. So I have to be very aware that I have a great deal of power when I'm on the stage and that it's not about me, but it's about sharing a message that raises the level of emotional intelligence of everyone there. And so it becomes more about a challenge or my um, calling than it does performing. So I, I don't get stage fright in that way. I don't get anxious to be on stage and I'm not sure why. It just never has been that for me. I've never been fearful of um, talking in any medium, cameras, live, asynchronous. Um, as we're doing now, all of that's very easy for me. But What's harder is for me to make sure that I am shedding more light than dark. And then that can cause me some anxiety. So really knowing that it's my talent and not shirking away from it and saying, okay, then if I need to give a message and I feel like I struggle with writing, then do a video or do a podcast or go out on a stage because you feel confident. So build on that talent, Mm -hmm. but then recognize that you need to use that gift in a way that sheds more light than dark. And then that's where I struggle, Rosie, is making sure that I really make it about them Mm -hmm. in a way that raises all of our collective intelligence. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Oh, I do. That's so, (laughs) it's so great. 
because I, I think it, it shows a level of willingness to create something, you know, that, that I feel like a lot of that we're, we're actually born with having that tenacity and that mm-hmm. sense of confidence, mm-hmm. but it, it kind of gets taken. I don't want to say taken away, but you know, we all have a childhood. Yes, so. <laughs> it does. Whether we, yeah. whether some things we allowed, some things are cultural, some mm-hmm. things are just life little by little, whether it's your dreams or your feeling that you're good at something. You know, I, I can tell you right now, my undergraduate advisor told me I wasn't graduate material. I can remember the moment, and that was a long time ago, Rosie, but I can remember what the chair felt like. I can remember what his office looked like. I can remember it as if it had just happened. But I can also equally remember when my college creative writing teacher, Mrs. Whoopke, said to me, you actually write better than your sister. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be a poet just from that one moment. And if I could tell people or myself, really, mm-hmm. to let yourself be the decider of what you're good at and not good at. Take the in- feedback, take the input, but don't be like, oh, Mrs. Whoopke said I could be a poet, so I'm going to go be a poet. Or don't listen to your graduate advisor and say, you're not graduate material. Of course, I didn't. But, you know, it's like, how do I not just listen to me more? Like, yeah. how do I let these voices outside of me just tell me exactly be happy or be sad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So for the the people, the women that are listening, uh, or people, could be men or women. Yeah. When I when I ask you, what does it mean to feel powerful? Mm. What, what would your answer be to that? I'll I'm gonna go back to your phrase because I like the idea of stepping, but it would be stepping into my wholeness. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> you know, like I would actually have self-compassion and I would have self-love and I would have self-appreciation. Like that, that would be powerful. Oh, yeah. So this was, a, a, I thank you so much for sharing uh, that. I'm like, this is too quickly. I'm, I always like regret doing like these shorter, well, not no, the no, no, people it's okay. listening. It's like, I said something today to my uh, marketing team and I said something about secondhand screen time because we talk a lot about the detriments mm. of screen time. And she said, oh, that's a really clever phrase. I'm sure I got it from somebody else. But she goes, if somebody just learns one thing, that's good enough. Yeah. And so we don't need an hour. If if somebody listening took away one thing that they um, are going to try not to start an email with, I'm sorry, or they're going to meditate in their closet, or they're yeah. going to step back and say, what is the thing that I really bring to this world? Like, who knows what people got? That's enough because we're all becoming, right? Let's just channel Michelle Obama yes. and call it a day. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm in. So for the people listening that want to connect with you or want more information, where can they go to get that? The easiest place is probably my website, which is uh, christiepf.com. So K-R-I-S-T-I-E-P-F as in Frank.com. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, but it's just kind of easy uh, at my website because then you can check out social media or my blog and things like that. Yeah. 
If you go to the show notes and you scroll down to the bottom, you'll see Christy's name and you'll have all of those links on there. So feel free to just click on those so that you can direct directly connect to her. So thank you so much, Christy. I'm so excited. Thank you, Rosie. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.